0: Hello, this is Dr. Dan Guerra from Authentic Biochemistry coming to you today on the 15th of October, 2019. We're going to finish our leptin discussion on the podcast today, uh, at least this set of series, this arc of uh, lectures, and we're going to move on um, to another topic starting uh, later this week. So I want to finish this off. Remember, we were talking about leptin, the adipokine that's produced from the adipose tissue that signals uh, the satiety and therefore the inhib- it inhibits the appetite because the amount of leptin that's produced from the adipose tissue signals to the HPA axis that there is enough calorie associated with depot, fat, visceral um, adipose that no more uh, food intake is required at a total caloric level. And so fat then describes the overall behavioral response, the appetitive behavioral response in the human brain uh, for um, ingestion of nutrition. Okay. So that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about a lot of disease states, human disease, and also animal models. And we had stopped off uh, late last week when I was on location uh, elsewhere on describing an introduction of oncological perspectives of leptin, particularly leptin resistance. So that's where we're gonna go right now. So there's a paper published in Contemporary Oncology in Poland. It's a 2019 paper review. Uh, It's uh, volume 23, pages 63 to 68, inclusive. And what this paper basically starts off by telling you is that leptin stimulates, of course, we've known this already from all the other lectures, differentiation, proliferation, and activation. Via transmembrane receptors. Remember, that's the OBR and the Lepr receptor. It does so through an intracellular signaling pathway, which includes a series of kinases, including the Janus kinase, Jak, the signal transducer and activator transcription, the STATs, so or the Jak-STAT system, similar to what you get in immune cells. <clears throat> Remember that adipokines are adipose-derived cytokines. So I think you get. Theory, practice, and understanding of how adipokines can be signaling through cytokine type receptors. In fact, the uh, leptin receptor is a cytokine type receptor. That's therefore works through Jackstat. Also works through phosphatidylinositol 3 kinase, P13 kinase, and protein kinase B and AKT. It's also associated with mitogen activated protein kinase, MAPK. So leptin is also coherent with growth factors like the vascular endothelial growth factor, VEGF, fibroblast growth factor 21, FGF21, and of course IGF-1 or the insulin-like growth factor. Leptin promotes through that, uh, through those various systems of kinase cascades and growth factors, the growth of cancer. (laughs) It does so by stimulating cellular pathways that promote cellular proliferation, tumor vascularization, and indeed metastasis. And also it suppresses apoptosis. So how does that link up to visceral fat? Well, obesity leads to the production of leptin. Leptin has pro-carcinogenic effects. I just mentioned what those are, cell proliferation, cell differentiation, stimulation of angiogenesis, cell migration, and cell invasion, those are the metastatic properties. At the same time, another pro carcinogenic effect in the event is the inhibition of cell apoptosis. So here's a couple of examples Leptin is associated with breast cancer. We know that obesity is a risk factor for developing breast cancer in women, particularly in postmenopausal women, by about 20, 40, 20 to 40%, where hyperleptinemia, is observed in obese patients with breast cancer compared to the non-obese cohort. Adipocytes are common in the mammary gland and in breast cancer, and elevated leptin in mammary adipose is detected indeed in neoplasms of the breast. Overexpression of leptin and the OBR, the receptor, are greatly elevated in high-grade breast tumors, presumably because leptin activates. Indeed, the estrogen receptor signaling pathway. So these are going to be estrogen-sensitive, HER2-sensitive breast cancers. Tumor proliferation, in fact, via the HER2 receptor transactivation, and remember HER is the human epidermal growth factor receptor 2, that's what HER2 is, is about uh, common, about 30% of all breast cancers. And it's positively linked, again, to elevated leptin via the pathways I just told you, the JAK-STAT, and the P13 kinase, AKT pathways. In fact, leptin reduces the number of cells in the G0, G1 phase, while it increases cancer cells specifically into the S or the G2M phases, which is going to be proliferative. Leptin suppresses apoptosis by increasing the expression of apoptosis inhibitors, such as BCL2 and BCLXL, which of course are anti-apoptotic Proteins. So leptin promotes the process of angiogenesis, and it does that too by increasing the expression of VEGF, typically lo- uh, uh, coordinated and localized to cancer cells. Okay, what about leptin association with colorectal cancer? Another leading cause of death. Contribution of adipose tissue leptin to development, of colorectal cancer has been so- shown. Patients with a more advanced disease or statistically higher concentration of leptin in their sera. Where both leptin and its receptor expression correlate with tumor grading, <laughs> intestinal wall invasion, and distant metastases in the colorectal cancer paradigm. Since leptin induces phosphorylation of the JAK2 and extracellular signaling regulated kinase ERK2, right? That's extracellular signal regulated kinases ERK, it directly promotes growth of the neoplasm in the colorectal cancer lineages. The leptin receptor and VEGF expression are also linked to angiogenesis, and those are also, of course, correlated with colorectal cancer induction. Grading and expression of phosphorylated mammalian target of rapamycin or PMTOR, P70S6, and the phosphorylated AKT kinase are all also associated and all linked with hyperleptinemia and colorectal cancer. So hyperleptinemia also associates with prostate, ovarian, and endometrial cancers. You get an increase in pro-inflammatory cytokines like TNF-alpha, interleukin-6, and interleukin-1. Those are all generated by the prostatic tumor and prostate cancer. And then that's going to uh, be increased, all that cancer progression, by the adipocyte making more leptin, more TNF-alpha, more IGF-1, and more interleukin six, okay, all that being generated transcriptionally, so that's how hyperleptinemia associated with prostate, and indeed uh, 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 mentioned, mentioned but not giving any direct description ovarian and endometrial cancers as well. So, what about the gliomas and meningiomas? They're about seventy and twenty percent of all brain tumors, and uh, respectively. And obesity is a risk factor for the development of meningio- meningiomas and gliomas in women, as well as meningiomas in men. Okay. There is an excessive expression of leptin as receptor in these cancer glioma cells, such as the anaplastic astrocytoma or even indeed glioblastoma. Those are two gliomas. There's a link between leptin. And the PLA22A, which is a pro-inflammatory secreted phospholipase A2 type 2A in the astrocytoma cells. Again, that's a glioma. This PLA22A pro-inflammatory factor increases the expression of leptin receptors in those astrocytoma cells, whereas a mutual interaction of leptin and PLA22A actually causes the growth and migration of those astrocytoma cells, thus inducing a form of metastasis. Leptin, then, which increases the susceptibility of cells to inflammatory mediators, probably is contributing to the deterioration of the prognosis of neoplastic and neurodegenerative processes. And therefore, being it's, it's essentially a potential mediator of some of those obesity-related complications. And of course, leptin is an anti-chemotherapeutic agent in the treatment of glioma. So when you've got a peripheral deletion um, in the glioblastoma metastatic cell lines, you have a problem with fast cell fast ligand binding in T-effector cells. And so that would then allow for those T-effector cells uh, to be apoptosed that's not a good thing in these gliomas you not only get the apoptosis of the t effector cells which would be of course positively correlated with ablation of the glioma but you also get t reg suppression you get t reg suppression which works through the stat3 pathway because you have a tumor associated macrophages you have dendritic cells and you have microglial cells and all of that is going to interact with the STAT-3 pathway with the glioblastoma uh, metastatic cell lineages, which are going to be increasing in proliferation. You're going to have more STAT-3 there. You're also going to have more IDO. Now, IDO is indolamine-2,3-dioxygenase. That enzyme is produced in response to interferon gamma, and it's involved in the metabolism of tryptophan into the metabolite kinurinine. So IDO-mediated tryptophan degradation, or keen urinine accumulation, has multiple immunosuppressive effects, including inhibition of T-cell proliferation, promotion of T-cell apoptosis, and indeed the induction of Tregs, okay? So that whole system then turns on so that you get Treg suppression and you get peripheral deletion of the erstwhile pro-inflammatory T-cell lineages, Th1, Th2, Th17, for example, okay? So peripheral deletion, again, is a form of peripheral tolerance. And peripheral deletion in glioblastoma uh, uh, is usually accomplished through a fast cell-mediated apoptosis. And in regulatory (laughs) T-cells, you get an induction of immunosuppressive effects both peripherally and at the tumor site in glioblastoma, megaforma. you get STAT3 and IDO with both modulate Treg function, and that results in further immunosuppression, okay? So that's all a very negative effect, right, on the cancer cell lineages. So what I've been saying so far up to this point about uh, uh, the, the overall induction of leptin in multiple regulatory systems, including normal normal physiology and pathophysiology. We talked about metabolic uh, divergence. We talked about recently here, cancers all being associated with hyperleptinemia. We talked about leptin resistance be associated with type two diabetes, metabolic syndrome. We talked about leptin metabolism, altering the Treg to, to T effector cell populations which can also be involved in pro-inflammatory systems like in the gut. So the regulation and dysregulation of leptin as associated with the obese uh, clinical manifestation in humans can lead to a whole series of diseases. And that's exactly what happens. So leptin resistance then can lead to some of the major causes of death as resulting from cancer can lead to the major cause of death from cardiovascular disease and can also lead to morbidity and sometimes mortality because of um, hyperproliferation of either autoimmune responses or the removal of the immune response during uh, times of invasion, even in microbiological systems such as pathogens. So I'm going to stop here in my... um, Authentic Biochemistry Podcast, and we're going to pick up on leptin not too much later because what I want to do is uh, get a, a hook up leptin expression in the brain with a further discussion of neurodegeneration and also neuropsychiatric conditions in the human central nervous system. And so that's so how I'm going to be able to weave my leptin discussions into this next chapter. In the fall, i like to talk more about neuroscience. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because autumn is so beautiful, or maybe it's because of the photo period, and it's affecting the way that I think. <laughs> but at any rate, I'm going to get back into uh, neuroscience now. Uh, and my next uh, whole series of lectures are going to be on neuropsychiatric conditions neurodegenerative systems in humans. I'm really going to try to uh, emphasize a lot of clinical studies, uh, but of course, I'll backtrack to subclinical animal models uh, when it's necessary so we can look more at mechanisms. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to stop by saying, uh, this is Dr. Daniel J. Guerra from Authentic Biochemistry saying uh, bye for now.